And no doubt, there have been many who have had heart's desire for people to be saved, but they have not bathed this desire in prayer. It could be that we have all been guilty. I just wish that our nation would come to faith in Jesus Christ. But that's all we do. We just wish it. We say it, but we don't kneel down and pray about it. And no doubt there have been others who have prayed for the salvations of others, praying that our nation would be saved, but they truly don't have a heart's desire for it. But when we combine the two, the heart's desire with prayer, it is a powerful force that the Lord God can use. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today I want us to look at the prayers from the book of Romans. And we're going to see in our first point, unceasing prayers in Romans 1.9. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, spirit-guided prayers. In Romans 10, 1, prayers of longing. In Romans 12, 9 through 13, continue steadfastly in prayers. And in Romans 15, 30 and 31, strive together in prayers. Be with us and encourage us today. Lord, in our own prayer life, we come to the last few months of this year Lord, it's a great time to just consider our own prayer life. And so I ask, Lord, that you would be with us and this message would not be a discouragement, but Lord, actually an encouragement to us that you would help us, Lord, as we close out this year and come to a new year, that, Lord, you would just work in us a people who desire to have a culture of prayer here at Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa. It's my prayer, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, amen. Secondly, we discover in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 28, that the Holy Spirit comes alongside and helps us in our prayers. So I titled this Spirit-Guided Prayers. And the Word tells us in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
So when we come to the Lord and, and say to the Lord, I just want to have a greater prayer life. Would you help me in this? The Bible tells us that the spirit comes alongside, that the spirit will come alongside and help us. You know, it has been said that at some point, everyone prays, whether they pray to themselves, to another person, to a false God or to the true and living God who created the heavens and the earth. Even atheists at times will pray. And although everyone prays, our weaknesses are seen by our not knowing what we should pray for. I was thinking of, I said, even atheists will pray. And my cousin, he has um, a fungal infection in one of his lungs. And to deal with this and what they're doing, it's going to be medications for a year, year and a half to kind of rid his body of this. But one of his close friends, he's, he was telling me, one of his close friends is an atheist. And as they were getting ready to get off a phone call, the atheist said to my cousin, Ken, I'll pray for you. And he said, well, who are you going to be praying to? Is something changing in your life? And the atheist said, I'm not sure. For an atheist to say, I'll pray for you, he's praying to somebody who's he going to pray to. So at some point, everyone prays. But with the Christians, we, we know who to pray to. But sometimes we don't know what to pray for, how we should pray. We feel weak in our prayers. The Bible Knowledge Commentary concerning this, it says, it is not that the Spirit helps those in occasional times when Christians are weak. Listen to this. Their state is one of weakness, and the Spirit continually helps them. We're always weak, is what the Bible Knowledge Commentary said about this. Our state is one of weakness, and the Spirit comes alongside to continually help us. When we pray, the Spirit comes alongside to help us in our weaknesses by making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And don't you love it that the Holy Spirit makes these intercessions for us before the throne of God with inexpressible words, as Ephesians 6.18 praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We are to be praying, always praying in prayers and supplication in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. For he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8, 27. The Holy Spirit making intercession for believers according to the will of God. In 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11, the Bible tells us, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Just as you know what's in your own spirit, soul, in your heart, and your mind, the Holy Spirit, knowing the things of God, he prays according to the will of God. Not only does the Holy Spirit come alongside and help us in our weaknesses, 
The Bible tells us that God the Son is also praying for us, making intercession for us. In Hebrews 7.25, it tells us he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. We think about praying, and however that prayer position might be, of kneeling down or sitting down or walking uh, some path here in a forest preserve, but we pray, it could be while we're driving in a car, that the Lord Jesus Christ is making intercession for us, whether we're praying or not. That the Holy Spirit is willing to come alongside to help us in our weaknesses. Andrew Murray, when speaking about prayer, he said, let us thank God heartily as often as we pray that we have his spirit to teach us to pray. Thanksgiving will draw our hearts out to God and keep us engaged with him. It will take our attention from ourselves and give the spirit room in our hearts. He said, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving will draw our hearts out to God and keep us engaged with him. It takes our attention from ourselves and gives the spirit room to work in our hearts. This is why when I like to pray, when I'm, it doesn't happen all the time, but I do it a lot. When I pray, I'll have either a notebook, a blank piece of paper with me, a Bible and a pen already. I often have these three things. If I'm going to pray, for me, prayer time is have the word of God near, ready to go in case the Lord wants to show me something while I'm praying. I want to be able to look it up and to read the verse. I don't want to get into an in-depth Bible study. And the paper and the pen helps prevent that that I'll just write down the scripture sometimes or write down the thought of the scripture. Maybe I don't know where it's found in the Bible and I need my concordance to help me find the passage, but I know a word or two of what he's putting on my heart and I'll write that down that I can look it up later. But also that paper and pen is nearby and ready because it could be that there is a name that he would put on my heart that he'd have me to pray for a person or individual. While I was praying this week, there were four names that I wrote down in one of my prayer sessions like this. It helps me not only to pray for that individual at that hour, but also to remember to pray for them uh, throughout the week. And thus, my Bible is near, ready to write down what the Spirit would put upon my heart, that I'd be able to pray by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, perhaps names of individuals, family, situations that I should be praying about because we are all in that state of weakness. And sometimes we do not know what we ought to be praying for. So we seek the Lord to guide us. It may be that the Holy Spirit would guide us in our prayers for one another. Also to have prayers of longing. We could also call this third point of prayers of desire. It's found in Romans 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Although Paul was writing to the believers in Rome, many of whom were Gentiles, he spent a lot of time sharing in his epistle, his letter to them, 
about his great desire for the Jewish people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Paul understood that they truly had a zeal for God. Many of the Jewish people in the day of Paul had a great zeal for God, but it was not according to knowledge. Paul understood this because he at one point had the same type of zeal. When describing this in Philippians 3, 4, he said, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Paul understood his own race, his own people, because he was much like them, those who did not believe in Jesus Christ. They had a zeal for God, as Paul once did, and Paul's zeal for God was seen through the persecution of the church. So even in their misdirected zeal, Paul's people were upon his heart and in his prayers. And this is a very significant statement that shows the depth of Paul's love for Israel. He had already written in Romans 9, 3, saying this, For I could wish that I myself was accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. And now he reveals why he was able to make such a strong statement that he would be personally accursed from Christ if his nation could come to faith in Jesus Christ. First of all, we learn here in Romans 10:1 that his heart's desire was toward his nation, that they would come to faith in Jesus Christ. And secondly, that their coming to faith in Jesus Christ was his prayer to God. His heart's desire was to see his nation saved. But he took the heart's desire and he actually prayed to God that God would save his nation. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37, 4, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. In this life, we can become consumed with chasing after the world's ever-changing desires. And in contrast, Jesus takes our desires and he makes them his own. Pastor Chuck Smith, the founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement, had this to say about the desires of our hearts. The thing is, if I am delighting myself in the Lord, he is truly the joy and the delight of my life. Then the desires of my heart are for him and for the things of the Lord, for this relationship and for the development and the deepening of my fellowship with him. That's the desire of my heart. When we focus upon God, he changes our desires from the things of this world to the desires that he would have for us. And no doubt there have been many who have had heart's desire for people to be saved, but they have not bathed this desire in prayer. It could be that we have all been guilty. I just wish that our nation would come to faith in Jesus Christ. But that's all we do. We just wish it. We say it, but we don't kneel down and pray about it. And no doubt there have been others who have prayed for the salvations of others, praying that our nation would be saved, but they truly don't have a heart's desire for it. But when we combine the two, the heart's desire with prayer, it is a powerful force that the Lord God can use. Jesus said in John 15, 7 and 8, 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. For this my Father is glorified, that you should bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If you abide in Jesus, his word abiding in us, then he puts upon us his desires. And as we ask and seek for those desires, we'll have much fruit. And like Paul, we can pray for the salvation of others, whether it be family, friends, our city, our state, the nation, or another nation. But when our heart's desire to see people saved is combined with prayer, we will see a, the power of the Holy Spirit working in mighty and wonderful ways among us. And what better one-two punch could we have than a heart's desire that is bathed with prayer? As we move to the next prayer in the book of Romans, we come to Romans chapter 12. And, and this is just a little line. And so I had to read the whole context to kind of get the line. Well, let's just read it. Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Here it is continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Found in verse 12 of Romans 12, this line, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Now we discover here in this little section in Romans chapter 12 that Paul deals with the characteristics of Christianity that should be upon each of us. It's not that Paul is saying that we should have one or two of these things, but these should be the characteristics of a believer, that we should each have a bit of these qualities. No doubt, uh, some would have more of a quality than others, but we should all have a bit of these in us, that we should be without hypocrisy, that we should abhor what is evil, that we should cling to what is good, that we should be kindly affectionate to one another, that we should have brotherly love, that we should give honor or preference to one another, that we shouldn't lag in diligence or that we should be fervent in spirit, that we should serve the Lord, that we should rejoice in hope, that we should be patient in tribulation, that we should be steadfast in our prayers. I like it that he worded that, continuing steadfastly, that we should distribute to those who have need, that we should be given to hospitality. When we went through this portion of Romans 12, one of the things that stood out to me of this saying that we should be given to hospitality, it isn't talking about helping those who believe. It's talking about helping those who do not believe that the Greek has given to hospitality to one's enemies, that we are to be helping those that are around us. In Romans 1.9, Paul already told the believers of Rome that he had been praying for them without ceasing. Now he calls the believers in Rome to pray without ceasing. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'd lately uh, read another book I mentioned earlier when we were receiving communion about a book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23 by, uh, I think it's William Keller is the author's name. I've also been reading Charles Spurgeon's The Soul Winner, and there's a line that just jumped out at me that was in the book where Spurgeon said, I have often noticed that when God blesses my ministry to an unusual extent, the people in general are in a praying mood. When I was in my 20s, prayer was such an important part of my calling into ministry. You might say that I was in a praying mood. And those times of prayer not only altered my course, but my family's life as well. And this is something that I would like to see passed on to our fellowship here, especially to our youth. It is why we have purchased these prayer benches for our sanctuary with the hope of developing a culture of prayer within this fellowship that we could help raise up a new generation of Christ followers. Psalm 141, 2 says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, as the lifting of my hands, as an evening sacrifice. And as we commit to continue steadfast in prayer, may God build in us a culture of prayer. And finally, he calls the church there in Rome to strive together in prayers. In Romans 15, verses 30 through 33, I'll get the whole context. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I might be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem would be accepted by the saints, that I might come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you, verse 23, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Paul closes with a prayer request to the believers there in Rome that they would strive together with him in prayer, praying with him, and he gave them four specific things that they should be praying about. For his deliverance from the harm from unbelieving Jews, that the offering that he bought, brought to Jerusalem would be accepted by the saints, that he might come to Rome with great joy and that also they might refresh one another in their faith when they are together there in Rome. And like Paul, we should never be afraid to ask others to pray for us. And I think sometimes we miss out because we, we don't seek the prayers of others. In Colossians 4 verses 2 and 3, it says, continue earnestly in prayer, be vigilant, in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. Paul often asked for the prayers of others that God would work through his life and minister to others. And we find in the early church in Acts 2.42 that they continued steadfastly in four things, in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. 
And these four things, we have accomplished all four of them today. The Apostles' Doctrine speaks about the teaching of the Word of God. Fellowship speaks about uh, the fellowship that we have with one another. The breaking of bread, the communion that we've already received today, and in prayers. And how I desire for us, though, to be an Acts 2.42 church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, where believers are being transformed and unbelievers are being saved. I believe that if we're faithful to do our part, that God will always do his part. Our part is to come to the Lord and to pray, to commit to the work of the Lord, to seek that his desires would become our desires. And we'll discover that we'll not only be transformed, but that people will also be saved. And may it be that we would strive together in our prayers, that we would see God's will accomplished in our lives. My heart's desire is to see that the hallmark of this church would be seen through our unceasing prayers for one another. And may it be that we would strive together with one another in our prayers that we would see God's will accomplished in our lives. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today. Mm -hmm.